out there and welcome to this episode of the Sucks Podcast. Today we have a very special episode for you. Internally we already called it a lost episode because we have it in our back pocket for quite a while now. That is because it was by far the longest recording we did so far. Our guest was the inspiring Chancila Ricci from Denmark. She works at Lego as a design manager and she's an expert in purpose-driven design and how to create purpose-driven experiences. We had a wonderful conversation about purpose-driven design and its relation to sustainability. We spoke about Chancila's journey into UX, into finding purpose and driving it, and we played her wonderful game, Someone New. In the end, we had an episode with a length of one hour and 45 minutes. Therefore, we finally decided to go a new way and for the first time split one interview into two single episodes. This episode, part one, contains the main conversation where we spoke about purpose-driven design and sustainability, Chancila's work at LEGO and how it strongly connects to purpose-driven design. Part two will be released next week as a bonus episode which contains the Sucks Friendship book where we speak about Chancila and her way into UX. And it is the part where Chancila and me play her wonderful card game, Someone You, to learn more about each other. So. If you want to learn more about purpose-driven design and why it is strongly connected to sustainability, if you want to learn about how it is to lead and manage designers at LEGO, and if you want to hear why a banana played an important role in Chancila's journey into UX and how Chancila and me speak about our very personal purposes, do not miss this episode as well as the bonus episode next week. One more little side note. As you might hear, we have a few minor sound issues at the beginning with my audio track. We apologize for that, but no worries, it will be gone after a few minutes. And now, and without any further delay, let's jump right into the episode. Hello, Chancila. Great to have you here on our podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, actually, I can say we are super happy to have you here. Um, actually, we too met in Graz last year at the World Usability Congress where we both spoke and your talk definitely was one of my favorites. Not saying that's because we are sitting here, really mean that. Um, you were speaking you. about purpose and purpose-driven design. And yeah, I'm, I'm convinced this has a such strong relation to sustainability and we so much wanted to have you here on the podcast. So really happy that you, that you made it and, and are here with us today. Yeah, thank you. And I'm, I'm super excited as well. I think we uh, we always have very interesting discussions, so I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, and well, you are actually working for Lego, which is also super cool. I think it's for many people, designers, maybe a dream job to um, to work there. And so, well, I have to start with asking a Lego question. So we are recording in the in the morning here, and um, have you already built something with Lego today? Yes, I have. Well, to be fair, it was yesterday, but I think it counts. <laughs> Speaking about this Lego question, how often do you get asked uh, this question about when did you build Lego the last time? Does it happen like every day or? It happens every day with my colleagues that we talk about the set that we're currently building or we want to build. Um, I feel like it's quite taken for granted that we are building so the question is not are you building or are you not building it's more like what are you building at the mm -hmm. moment so it's it's pretty common yeah it is it is like an everyday question like an icebreaker ah. rather <laughs> among yeah. colleagues 
Oh, nice. Sounds, sounds cool. And I hope it's not getting annoying sometimes when people always ask you. <laughs> no, I love it. You know, I, I really love to, to talk about people's Lego sets, especially because I see often people just light up when, when they talk about their favorite set. Yeah. So it's, it's really a, another way of getting to know people. So, so what's your all time favorite Lego set? This must be the most difficult question. Um, I will go with the Vespa because mm -hmm. it's, you know, one of the newest sets from Lego adults. And I always wanted to have a Vespa. So that's kind of my, uh, but I never had one yet. Um, so it's kind of my sort of mini dream that I built uh, and I have it in, in my living room. So, um, yeah, you are, you are in UX design for, for, for many years now, right? And as, mm -hmm. as we already discussed, you, you work with Lego, um, as a design manager. And, um, so when you, when you joined Lego, was that to find more purpose in your work? Absolutely. That, that was because I was looking for a purpose-driven company and workplace. Um, and I had had my own freelance practice for, for some time. And, you know, there is a lot that you can do in your own freelance practice around purpose and formulating that. So I was definitely trying to do purpose-driven work already in my freelance practice. But then when the Lego opportunity came along, I just felt this strong sense of connectedness and, and value alignment and purpose. So definitely working for, for the Lego group is part of my, of living my purpose. Sounds, and I guess many can relate to that, right? And yeah, 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 absolutely. Sounds like pr work pretty well for you. I would, I would say, mm. well, speaking about purpose driven design, we should quickly have a look at what purpose in general maybe is so what is what is purpose for you and when and where did you or do you find it yeah i i do uh talk a lot about this also in the talk that you uh heard last year so i'll start with the definition of purpose in general um purpose is is defined as a generalized intention to accomplish something that's meaningful to the self and consequential to the world beyond the self. So it talks both about the, you know, the sense of accomplishment inside yourself, but connecting it to an impact that you can have in the world, a positive impact, hopefully. Um, so we all have this calling or this yearning to be useful to the planet. And by doing that, also having a sense of inner meaning. Um, I did a few trainings around purpose and sort of uncovering my purpose. This The training is called Purpose to Impact. Mm -hmm. And part of the training is it revolves uh, digging deep into your childhood stories and um, 
you know, finding some of those stories that made the most impact to you. And I remembered this very short childhood story around me and my mom going to, you know, walking from, from kindergarten back home and from home to kindergarten every day. That was sort of the routine. But along the way, uh, my mom would always read me these these uh, poems, children poems and, and tales, and I would sort of memorize them. It was like a, a little routine we had. And in the way, there was this uh, street uh, sales person who was selling bananas. So now we, we go a bit back to the banana we, we talked about in the beginning. I, I, I remember, you know, bananas were quite a quite a, a nuisance and and something very new in Albania at that time post communism time um and i i remember you know stopping there and the the sales person or merchant would say hey i i have seen that you read these poems and these tales can you tell me one of those because you're uh, you're very good at them and I, I just told her, yes, but in exchange, I want a banana. Then I can tell you one of my poems. <laughs> so I just I just remembered that and I shared it with my mom and she, she also remembered it as something really funny because it started becoming then a some kind of a, a thing that I would get a banana, I would tell her a story. Uh, so I, I started this interesting exchange um, very young and you know, this is a kind of a really small childhood story, but you'll ask, what does that have to do with my purpose? Um, I identified this as, you know, the symbol of the banana for me is is kind of a, a symbol of everything that is um, meaningful and has value. And... As part of my purpose, I tried to formulate it around this story. And the formulation sounds something like to unpeel everything and everyone so that their true essence can shine. And that really relates to my work as a people leader and leadership uh, in design right now. It's, it's very much about, it's not so much about my own work as a designer anymore, so that that can shine, um, but it's it's about their unique talents and, and essence. And before that, when I was working with design and research, it was really to sort of unpeel a problem, the problem space, and really find those opportunities where the design would then come from. Um, so I, I kind of, yeah, connected it to this personal story, and it's a a personal anecdote that makes my purpose memorable. It reminds me of it. And uh, that's why I also built the, the banana that I showed you in the mm -hmm. beginning. It's also a, a reminder of that little story for me. Yes, it's, it's a wonderful story. And you, you just said so many great and wonderful things. Um, so I, I want to dive deeper into some, into some of them. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you said in the very beginning that, um, or you you brought in the, the the planet perspective and the impact and 
and mm -hmm. doing good and that it's important. And I want to maybe take this as a, how to say, as a, as a bridge to, to what we as designers actually, um, can do how we can find purpose and, 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 and use it. And so you use the term purpose driven design, and maybe you can give us a short intro. What is purpose driven design? How can we, how can we use mm -hmm. it? How can we start working, working with that? Yeah, that's a great question. And you know, it's, it's sort of a term that I had to make up or had to borrow it from, from, from two terms. I, I either say purpose-driven design or purpose-led design. Um, and it's really an evolution from human-centered design, which is, you know, a, th a theory, design thinking and, and human-centered design is sort of a paradigm shift that happened in technology. Um, but I think it then started when when this paradigm shift happened um it started focusing too much on the human and not enough in the ecosystem around the human which is the planet which is you know um social and relational uh, environmental impact so purpose-led design is about striking again that balance we talked about between what is the best experience for the person interacting with the screen or with the um, different digital offerings that we have but also what's the business outcome that we can derive from that so that we can maintain this level of experience and how is the planet impacted from from this business outcome so i think it's it's very much an explorative topic still i'm still um you know studying it more and more in my free time and and connecting to people who care about the same topic and trying to make it more and more applicable and and useful sounds great and that's honestly that's why i'm so happy to have you here at the podcast because in the things you said you see this strong relation to right so for example what we do with the sustainable gx network and and mm -hmm. movement because the the goal we try to achieve is so similar right and and, and there are other great initiatives out there who do the same life-centered design etc etc mm -hmm. and it's always about this the, the big problem with UX that it focuses so much on the user that mm -hmm. it forgets about all the other actors that are influenced mm -hmm. and impacted by the stuff, um, by the, by the stuff that we build. Right. And it's, yeah. And again, this is, this is, we are in the middle of a paradigm shift, just yes. as big as the, the user centered design way of thinking was now we are. Uh, started to talk about and think about more and more about expanding that that area of of thinking and responsibility. Totally so cool. it's it's a great time to have these discussions and to um, yeah, start thinking about them in a more 
applicable way. True. It's, it's a great time. And it's also so important to, um, to have this discussion because it's still, there was still a lot of work to do, right? To, mm -hmm. to, to do this, to do this shift. Mm, maybe speaking about this, um, thing, are there like, what are tools or methods that you could recommend maybe to, to the people out there that, that, that you use or that you recommend to others to use, to, to, to make this shift and to, to incorporate that into, into the daily work life. Do you have any tips there maybe? Yeah. So as I said, right now, this topic is very much at its early exploration phases and there will be several iterations before it can become totally applicable in business but there are some changes that are happening uh, with the tools that we already know for instance one that i can mention is the business model canvas everybody who is either a startup and you know are creating their business or even if you're within a large corporate or a large business you are part of you know different levels of that business so business the business model canvas is always a useful tool to understand who you're interacting with what's your business model um, what are the channels you're communicating through and uh, what's your value chain um, and a, like an expansion of this tool is what's called the conscious business model canvas that expands not only to it being business operational focused but also becoming ecosystem focused so it takes into consideration the business that you're doing how does it impact initiatives around environment how does it impact initiatives around people and well-being so somehow the the sustainable goals are implemented in that as well so i i encourage you to look that up and then i again like i said in the beginning i think everything starts from from yourself whoever is listening so i encourage you to do a you know sort of a, a purpose reflection um and i know that everybody needs to pay their bills and and everybody cares equally about purpose and uh, environment and i don't want this to be you know a high-end unachievable um thing i really would like would like it to be as accessible and as achievable as possible so i think if you just take some time to reflect on your own and there are some tools to do that um around you know your purpose your values what what is it that you really value about your current work or your current life and and how does that connect to your overall um passion or purpose um that's already quite a big help just starting to think about the topic on your own and your own self-reflections i think that's already a place you can start from i totally agree because it's i think you said something very good and interesting when you said that it's like um or that's at, at least how i understood it right it's 
it's a process. We are in the process of shifting ourselves mm -hmm. and our teams and, and mm -hmm. businesses. And it's a process of many, many small steps. And it's not this one big step we do and then we're like done. And it's, that's also important to understand, I think. Absolutely. And I think just to add to that, that, you know, part of this process is contrast, experiencing contrast to what you don't want to experience. You know, a lot of what we do in design is around identifying pain points. And uh, some of these pain points are related to experiences that users don't want to have and that are not optimal. And the same about all these unpurposeful or unethical, um, like deceitful design uh, decisions that have been made into the world or in the world. Um, and many of them creating these malicious patterns um, that create, you know, like bait and switch, the endless scroll model. Most of these were created with the human-centered design approach, making it so much easier for, for people to use this platform isolated. Um, they were, you know, they were not create, created uh, maliciously, but unintentionally, yeah. it has created those malicious ripple effects. And we then, during the paradigm shift, experience it as something that wasn't created super mindfully. So I think also having these experiences and not being, you know, accepting that we, we are going to have these experiences. And then as we increase our awareness, we're, we will start to change these experiences and we'll start to design better experiences and be in, in better companies and create better companies. So oh. it's, it's also quite great for, for business, you know, sort of the, the business side of purpose. That, that, that would, would have been my next question actually, right? Because that's a question I also get very often, right? Yeah. But Torsten, how can I convince managers or business? Because they say um, it's it just costs money, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's not true, but whatever. Mm -hmm. So what would you say? What, what should people tell their managers, their CEOs, why they should focus more on purpose and purpose driven design. So you already touched that point, right? What, what's the business side and the positive business side of, um, mm -hmm. of this? When we talk about business, we always talk about two main things. If you're going to talk to your CEO, they will want to know, is this initiative going to be profitable? Will it bring me more profit or will it cut my costs? So these are the, the sort of the two communication channels that they will understand. And I think now we, we have more and more, you know, mindful CEOs and people who care about the planet, who, who are creating and driving businesses. So we are again in a paradigm shift on that, on that aspect, but it doesn't change the fact that for a business to, to operate and to be in operation, it needs to create, um, it needs to create profit. And from this profit, there will be jobs created, there will be initiatives, there will be. So, so it is sort of a key unavoidable 
thing to be in business. So, you know, empathy for our our leaders and our and our um, chief operating people uh, is is one of the first steps. I think understanding that where they come from is also an important standpoint. But then, just really having a dialogue and informing them that there are so many, so much data. There's so much statistics talking about how purpose-led companies are thriving more than than uh, companies that put purpose sort of to the side or make it a second priority. Like for instance, um, if we just start about de- from demand, right? People. Um, I, eight out of 10 people in a global survey, survey, they say that they find it important to buy from companies that reflect their values. So often people will choose a company they connect with rather than a company that offers the same thing, maybe even cheaper, mm-hmm. um, but doesn't connect to their values. Um, and if we if we talk strictly about about business, um, companies who are invested in in purpose or who set purpose on improving the quality in life in general, they have outperformed at at the stock market by one hundred twenty percent. And and corporates like certified B Corps, they grow an average of twenty eight times faster than other companies. Um, because people find it more attractive to, or consumers find it more attractive to, to connect to companies that communicate uh, their purpose actively and that do initiatives that are connected to their, to their purpose. Yes. So I think these are just some of the statistics that you're welcome to use. Um, and of course, we can, you know, in the links of the show, uh, give some of these articles as a reference. Um, I think it's important to to keep researching this topic, topic and keep finding um, people who have researched it further, who have actual data to back back up the theory. And thank you so much for bringing up that numbers because I think the problem is for people like us who are into these things we know these things but reality out there is that most of the people don't right and reality is that there are still many so-called business people who do not mm-hmm. know this yet and that's why we need to equip ourselves with this arguments right so that we can use them and, and convince people say hey no it's it's good for you as well right absolutely and i think i think throughout my career i have been in the intersection and still am in the intersection between business and design because i studied both so i i have this um understanding of both worlds and i am sitting in the middle of of both worlds so i think for me it's kind of a daily part of of my job to be able to understand both points of view and communicate to to all the different sides. So, so it is really important. Also, if you're a designer sitting in, in a small company to, to keep being curious and, and addressing and talking about this topic. Yeah, so, so true. And 
that's also something that's so important for, for for all the people out there right to you no matter if you're how how old you are how senior or not senior you are every one of us can can be a change right and every mm -hmm. one of us can be this this small little rock that that brings the whole mountain to to roll um i would say and even if you're a junior designer for sure I can hear uh, Torsten that that uh, if you will sit down one day and formulate your purpose, there needs to to be something around mountains and rocks yeah. in there for sure. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Maybe true. That's we we are still discussing sometimes, and and we we will probably do that uh, do an do an do a community event, and we will call it "Sucks on the Mountain." <laughs> so that's that's already in the in the making. <laughs> in the making, exciting, exciting. Um, speaking about purpose and work and companies and well, since um, since uh, since you work at at Lego, so I think when we speak about purpose, it's about our own purpose. But our, you already touched that point that it's also about purpose for our users or or customers, and so it's maybe especially Lego, very good example for creating more meaningful experiences and therefore giving purpose to the, to the, to the, to the customers and users. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think, um, working for the Lego group has made me even more aware of this topic and seeing how purpose really flows through every operation every you know hiring retaining employees uh, choosing and selecting partners that we do business with creating our core products um, creating initiatives around our products everything is like this like this invisible fluid that flows through everything that the lego group is and does and you know, the sort of the core mission or purpose of the Lego group is to inspire and develop the builders of tomorrow. Um, the builders of tomorrow being children, of course, and building referring to using the Lego brick, which is at the end our core product. Um, so through this, like living this purpose would mean that we bring our Lego products uh, in the hands of as many children in the world as possible. And already there, we've done our part to inspire and develop the builders of tomorrow, because the way that that these builders and these children play with our sets is sort of that part of the journey that's outside of our control. Um, our our um, you know, part of the purpose is to enable and to, to bring these uh, sets into the hands of, of the children. And then what comes back, and I think what this is a very important and interesting part, was co what comes back to us from that, from letting out that purpose into the world, is more and more inspiration around how to improve our products, how to um, make them even better quality and quality, you know, something we don't compromise with. Um, so it's, it's almost kind of a reflection process 
that you let out a purpose into the world and it comes back to you almost tenfold. And there's so many letters from children saying, you know, Lego has changed my life and I love the products. I love how creative they are. Letters from, from children themselves, from parents. So that's the power of purpose, I think, is is when you go out with a purpose into the world, it always circles back to you, to the community. Um, and I think that the next part about that is these purpose being coupled up with our values. So, um, you know, some of the, the most prominent values of of the Lego group being around imagination, creativity, fun, and quality. Um, that's why we choose to, to collaborate with institutions, with organizations, with partners that can help us bring these values into life, both, you know, educating children with fun experiences and playful experiences. Um, but it has informed the way we do business as well, the way we choose our partnerships. Um, so I think there's there's so much to to unpack in that uh, in the, in the part about the Lego Group's purpose, and I could sort of talk a lot a lot more about it. But I think the main piece is really creating a strong uh, purpose led business will both make sure that you are in balance, which we mentioned before, will make sure that you create a sustainable business. And then both you know, when your purpose is clear, both your users, your customers, your business partners will in start interacting with you. It will serve as a magnet for your sustainable business. So a purpose-led business is a sustainable business is yeah. what I'm trying to say in essence right and, and that's that's why we wanted you to have to have you here in our in our podcast um and wow that was that was fantastic and i guess many of the people listening to this episode even more want to work for lego now and and well lego has a pretty big ux design department right so you're always looking for people yeah yeah that is true definitely i am um as a people people leader, uh, always in the lookout for for talent that is you know unique that connects to our values. Um, I I have quite a, a solid team that I'm very proud of, but we're always looking into meaningful ways of either collaborating or or expanding our work. Uh, and concretely, in my part of the company, we work with business partnerships and with our partners and enabling them in their cool. journey of digitalization. Um, and yeah, of course, trying to do that as, as purposefully as possible. Cool. That sounds, I mean, that sounds really so nice working for Lego, really mean that, right? And is there maybe, um, is there maybe one or two things where you say, okay, that's, that's where where we as Lego still need to evolve a little bit. That's 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 the stuff we are working on at the moment to get better mm. on this. Are there things? Oh yeah, of course. Um, I think one of the um, 
drawbacks, let's call it, but necessary drawbacks of being a purpose-led company is that you have to move slowly but surely. So Lego is not going to be the company that jumps into the metaverse trend or, um, you know, (laughs) uh, who, who just jumps into these trends because tech is, is so exciting. Um, we are going to do our, uh, work of thinking before acting. And that will mean that it won't operate as fast as, as a startup or, or so that's, that's not part of the purpose. The purpose is quality or one of the values is quality. So I would say for me, it took some time to get used to that pace coming from having my own practice as a freelancer or working in other companies that were way more fast paced. With that said, we are in the journey of a digital transformation. So within this realm of the Lego group, our digital transformation has been an, an you know, incredible journey, an incredibly fast journey where we went from doing some digital projects to building and, and, and brewing our own products in-house. So that, that has really been sort of a shift that we all had to go through. Uh, as an organization and, and so far I'd say quite successful, but that was, that was a journey or is still a journey that I think a lot of my colleagues and I are uh, still getting used to the the Mm -hmm. new ways of working. And, uh, um, and again, what makes this change and shift very uh, exciting is the fact that it is being done with purpose. And I think there is still a lot of refinement around how to formulate value for all, for all of the products that we're uh, offering, how to connect to the people we're serving, but at the same time, uh, our business partners and the impact that, that these products will have long-term. So there's definitely more we can do around thinking sustainable sustainably in terms of digital production and development yeah thank, thank you very much for 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 sharing that um well i i would love to dive into the discussion about the metaverse but maybe we'll leave that out for the next <laughs> for the next episode um, yeah but because yeah we, we already had spent some time here <laughs> we might break the record for the longest episode i don't know let's see <laughs> um but it was hey it was so interesting and i think we could continue talking for really for one or two more hours so maybe you definitely have to come back for for a second episode and we yeah have let's discuss. see if that will happen in 10 years or a little earlier than that <laughs> Yeah, we also wanted to discuss uh, Interstellar, right? The movie, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, so coming back to, 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 to purpose and purpose-driven design, you already gave a lot of recommendations. And, and do you have maybe one or two more? Or where can people especially follow your work a little bit more and dive into a little bit more into what you do on that? I'm trying to... Uh, create more more content around this topic and share it as I go. As you know, creating content does take 
uh, some time and some work. So yes, it, it has to be on the side. Um, but all the content that I usually create will be available on my website, jensilarecci.com. Um, a bit of a difficult name to spell, so you'll have to see it on on the show notes. Um, but usually I also post regularly on my LinkedIn uh, profile. Um, and, you know, the, the latest highlight was uh, meeting Jakob Nielsen. I think oh, nice. it's the hero of, of uh, and the pioneer of many of us in the work mm -hmm. that we do. And also discussing with him around this topic in particular was quite, um, yeah, quite meaningful to me um, because he, he could also see, and I've written a little bit about that on my LinkedIn uh, profile. He, he could also see, you know, the future, how we will become so many more, three times more people working in the field of user experience and usability just yeah. in the next um, decade or so. So, so it's so, so important that we have these discussions, that we bring it forward to people that we even have, uh, you know, debates if, if necessary, um, this, this is often the way to develop a topic and, and the frameworks around it and make it more usable and more, uh, um, yeah, bring it closer to people, make it more accessible. Yeah, makes, yeah, just makes so much sense. Cool. Um, and then again, we, in my website, you know, you can find most things that I do, including the game that we played today. So that would be a good place to, to check out everything around yeah. me and the content that I have. And well, we will definitely put that in the show notes. And since our podcast covers always, um, just have the name of the guest on it so you will definitely see the name and, and learn how it is how it is spelled and uh, that, that <laughs> will make things easier for sure um okay so yeah coming to an end we always have like a, a short set of questions that we that we ask again every every guest and we touched them already in our game before but still i want to to re-ask them or maybe not re-ask them but um ask you the question instead of me for example guessing guessing about that so um what do you think are the next steps ux and design need to take and where do you see ux in 10 years and as i said i think you touched that before but maybe if you bring that down to three four five sentences what how would you answer that in 10 years yeah yes uh, yeah i think i just uh touched upon that because meeting Jakob Nielsen the other week was was really around that topic of um, the, the field of usability exponentially growing threefold. So in 10 years, we will have, you know, I think he mentioned roughly 100 million professionals, whereas mm -hmm. now we have, wow. um, you know, maybe yeah, I'm not sure exactly how many we have right now, but we, we will reach around 100 million professionals in the world. So, huge, yeah. so 
market-wise usability is expanding. And with that, there follows a certain maturity scale increase of, of companies, leadership that is aware of usability and ethical design, sustainable design, purpose-led design, topics that encompass the ecosystem and not only the the profitable uh, products or like the quickly profitable products that we create. And I see definitely in the next 10 years, companies will be more relational focused. So there will be, we'll see more and more business partnerships. So let's say, you know, if, um, if Lego is creating a, a digital product, there's no reason for a company that has no similar purpose and values to duplicate and create the same product. So I think we will, um, make more use of um, re- relational business partnerships and using each other's digital products because most likely we will have the same users and the same people interacting. So why not connect and integrate through different digital products and, and make a sustainable ecosystem? So I think that's sort of the work that's gonna come in the next 10 years and moving forward creating this this big ecosystem of of products um, that hopefully will be seamless uh, and and balanced hopefully yeah but hey as we said we let's try to play our role in pushing the world into this direction right um Speaking about in 10 years, and well, we had this question by, but I had to answer it about you. So now I'm asking, asking you, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I think you weren't that far off. I definitely see, see myself um, increasing my impact, um, being able to see, you know, sort of 20,000 feet from above and and see how this ecosystem that I just talked about will play out and how I can contribute into inspiring um, inspiring to build that ecosystem. I uh, I think part of what you said around traveling the world and educating is is definitely something that's happening. I think it will happen at an even larger scale i'm uh, you know i'm i'm dreaming around increasing my contribution to my my home country as well um and maybe i will do a you know voice acting project or two while i'm uh, <laughs> while i'm doing all of the rest of the things um living the uh, the childhood dream maybe Sounds really good. So yeah, we definitely have to do an episode in ten years and see. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm seeing it happen, and uh, I'm holding you accountable. So we we'll meet for that. sure again in ten years. Well, hopefully earlier, but also in ten <laughs> years. <laughs> um, cool. And 
I would like to ask you one question, and I remember, or I remembered it from your talk at the World Disability Congress, and back there you asked the audience during your talk, um, what's one thing you want to change in the world? And I would to slightly change the question and say, hey, if, if you could change, if you could change one thing in the world, what would that be? Yeah, it is, it is. It's one of those big questions. Um, and usually sort of the, the first thought that comes to mind is what, I guess, what you mostly care about. But I'll circle back to that uh, sustainable goal around, uh, around health and well-being. Mm -hmm. If I could change one thing, I think I would, you know, magically uh, give everyone the sort of the power of knowing that you can choose to be well even when you think you're not or even when you think you're in a place where you're not doing that well there is always help there is always you know power inside of each each of us to care more about ourselves um and therefore caring about others than the planet so i think that would be my the thing to change in the world is to have people care more about themselves first and that's that's wonderful yeah it's so important we only can save others if we keep ourselves strong enough right to, to be absolutely able to yeah it is it is that uh put your own oxygen mask first exactly. principle that yeah. they keep repeating in flights. Exactly. Okay. So, and at the end, um, what gives you personally hope nowadays that, yeah, that we can contribute or even, I would say, win the, the, the battle for sustainability in the end. So what gives you hope here that, that we can make enough impact to really change things? I think what gives me hope is the new generation. You know, I have I have my my little brother, um, just the new generation in general. Also, um, designers that are in my team, some of them much younger. Um, I can see that there is a level of awareness that I didn't have at their age. So I think every generation comes to us with uh, with with lessons with new levels of awareness and i often get inspired by by younger generations um, and sometimes even older generations who gain this new awareness around doing better and doing well in the world so i think that's definitely coming into contact with these people gives me more and more hope that we're in this together yeah, and I I share this because I experience the same with when working with students or younger people or even mm -hmm. even pupils from from school. Right, it's so nice to see how far they are and how much further they are than we were back at that age. Yeah, <laughs> I would say. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Chancila, actually, for joining us here today. As I said, it might be we might have broken the record for the longest episode. <laughs> but it's no but that's fantastic because it was such a nice um discussion and you had so many wonderful and inspiring insights for us it was really a pleasure and an honor to 
to have you here and we would be happy to to have you to return one day maybe 10 years maybe earlier we will see um, oh that sounds uh, sounds great and it was really a pleasure to to be here in your podcast uh Torsten, and and thank you for for doing this podcast i know from from personal experience running a podcast is a lot of commitment um and a lot of time so thank you for for knowing that this is important to do to bring this knowledge and inspiration out to people and yeah thank you for having me as a guest it truly was a pleasure i'd be um grateful to do it another time uh, i would be definitely a, a pleasure and uh, everybody who wants to connect again just uh, look me up on linkedin or my my website and i'll be really happy to uh to connect with you and help you out in any way that i can thank you for that offer in, in names of our community as well and we will put all the links in the um in this in the show notes and um speaking about thank you also thank you to the people out there, all the wonderful people who, who are listening to our episode here. And yeah, if you liked what you heard, please, please give us a subscription or a rating. We would highly, highly appreciate. And now finally, and really coming to an end, goodbye from our side. And the, the final words actually belong always to our guest. That's a tradition here in our, <laughs> our podcast. So. Chancila, do you have any final words or one final advice to all of us? Final words or final advice would be be well and play well. Remember to play. Play is so important, part of our well-being. <laughs>